0: This is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Dardy Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Leafs Late Night, where it's never too late for the Leafs. Though, uh, might be a little late for Ridley Grig to save any face with Leaf fans, but uh, that is coming up later, so stay tuned for our breakdown of that. Obviously, we gotta talk about it. As always, we were presented by Inside the Rink. Roscoe, joined by Beaner. How's it going, buddy? It's going. How about you? Oh, good. I like the, uh, the black and white stripes you got going. Yeah.
1: You playing uh, a part? Yeah. Anybody can be a ref. Anybody can... You know, run a department of player safety. So why not play the part?
0: <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Good way to start. Um, wow, 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 wow. So I mean, anybody who's been listening is no stranger to uh, our lack of confidence in the depth of this team. I mean, it's been pretty obvious who's running the show the last couple of weeks. I mean, all the goals have been coming from the same core of people you expect them to come from. But, I mean, you don't want 100% of the points coming from there. And that's kind of what it's been lately. And when they have an off night all at the same time, this team does not look very good.
1: Yeah. um, It's tough to watch, right? Like, the 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 big boys have been playing actually really well for a good chunk of the year. And then we haven't had the depth scoring that we thought we were going to have.
0: I actually, I pulled up a little list here on cap friendly shout out, and I put the search parameters to players making between four and a half and six and a half million dollars. And I want you to guess where Tyler Bertuzzi lands on that list. What number out of a hundred. Out of a hundred. I think. Uh, Oops, didn't mean to hit that. <laughs> <laughs> a little premature. jump the gun on that one. Sorry, folks. Uh, I not I would button. have to say about ninety-fifth. Here, let me see. Well, sorry, there's 124 players making between four and a half and six and a half. He's oh, said ninety-fifth.
1: Okay. So, uh, in that case,
0: 115. Okay, he's not quite that bad. He ranks at <laughs> 77th, just between Riley Smith and Jason Zucker at 21 points between the group of them uh leading that group can you take a guess
1: and what was the price the contract range again
0: four and a half to six and a half. Four and a half to six and a half um the
1: first two contracts that popped into my head they're both out of those deals right now that was mckinnon and Pasternak. they were both on crazy good deals oh yeah um four and a half to six and a half is going to be someone that I'm going to slap myself for not saying, but I can't think off the top
0: of my oh, head. Somebody, Steph is screaming it, I know. <laughs> okay, it's Mr. Sam Reinhardt, $6.5 million. Aww. On the dot, he's the uh, the highest earner here. Him and Chris Kreider, number one and three, both making six and a half. Jake Gensel in second. So 64 points for Sam Reinhardt. Um, the reason I pulled this list up was just to kind of see where our dollar value lands because I mean we've been ripping on Bertuzzi a lot for underperforming but I just want to see across the league for people paying that much you know where does it land And at 126 people 77 it's just under the middle so I mean not great but there are a lot of guys that are underperforming a lot more or pre- pre- performing worse underperforming better I don't know what the, how to say that Josh Anderson sucks is what I'm trying to say <laughs> He's making a lot of money to score fucking six points this season or whatever it is um, so, I mean, yeah, to, to bring it back, the, the depth hasn't been there. And unfortunately, the money is spent on it isn't paying off. So that's why uh, this trade deadline is going to be interesting because where the Leafs currently sit, you know, when you drop three of four games to Ottawa that you shouldn't, that drops you down to fourth in the Atlantic under Tampa. And if we look at the wild card race, we are in the first wild card spot, sharing that at 60 points with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, that is not where the Leafs want to be right now. So... Trade deadline. What the, f- <laughs> what the fuck do you do? Like, there's nothing to to buy with. You've got no chips. They don't want to trade cow and they don't want to trade mitten. I'm I'm glad, but I mean that doesn't leave much to send out the door to help this team. Nor does this team seem like anything on the market can help them. Like, I don't know. Do you just do you punt on this year at this point? Like, I know it's February 12th. There's still quite a bit of runway left. We've seen a lot of teams turn things around quicker, but. I mean, how, with how little there is available to do and how much competition has started to spend and run away with it, like I'm starting to get the feeling that maybe you just punt on this one. Like so, Brad took over in a really weird time. It was in the middle of the draft. He didn't really get to make all the moves. A lot of people were off the board uh, trade-wise and there wasn't a lot available. Like I just, I don't think he got to do everything he wanted to. So
1: I, I, I at first I want to say that you don't punt a year away with when you have players that we have. Like, okay, if if Matthews, Marner, and Nylander were all off with injuries done for the season, yeah, absolutely, you punt the year away. They're all healthy. They're all still here. We can't do that.
0: I guess by punting, I mean, like, don't spend what little you have on trying to bolster this. Like, I think what you have is what you have this season. Like, you hope that Wool comes back. You hope that uh, you know a couple of the guys start clicking a little better. Maybe Bertuzzi turns it around in the playoffs, but like really, it's I don't think you spend anything on on this year. Well,
1: that's that's another thing too is that everybody hasn't fully lived up to what we know they're capable of. Bertuzzi, Domi, like, and it's not like they're playing bad. We've said this multiple times. It's not like they're out there. Well, Bertuzzi's
0: given hundred and fifty percent every night. Yeah,
1: they're not pulling a on the skills competition. <laughs> they just can't do it. Like So if, if they weren't giving the effort, I would be a lot more concerned. It sounds silly. It sounds like I'm looking at everything with my leaf glasses on, but there is a possibility for this to change very quickly without doing a damn thing. That being said, none of us expected a single thing that Tree Living did this summer.
0: Like none of us. Yeah, but to be fair, like, none of the things he did have really been the difference makers this year. Like,
1: <sighs> but, like, how many times have I said over the last handful of episodes, this is everything that Keith didn't get before? He always got the cardio, like, the cardio kids that, you know, skate, 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 can't bury. Now he's gotten a little grit and he can't still do anything differently.
0: So you're turning this around on. It doesn't matter I guess you're trying to give Keith what he asked for to show that it doesn't matter that that's not the problem. like
1: like and yet again, I don't want to advocate for someone losing their job, but we've got a pattern here. like we really, really do that, that, that it, a lot of the times it seems like this team doesn't have the structure to play games properly.
0: Okay, just to give a little credit to Keith here, some of the guys that were brought in. I'm looking at points, and just if you're looking for the new guys on the team, just go to the Leaf stats and hit points and search by lowest, and they're the bottom six guys basically. So, aside from Bertuzzi and Domi, so um, I mean, you've got Lejeune obviously is a new guy here, zero points, only played four games. Ryan Reeves, 25 games played, two goals, minus 12, 20 penalty minutes. We've got him for another two years. That's something that like. To Trey and Keep's credit, he was still kinda there last year and has been quite sought after the last couple seasons. And I think we just got like the end of the pie; like there was nothing left of him by the time we got him. Which,
1: I, I don't, I don't have any way to defend that signing because I do not like that signing whatsoever.
0: Three years is insanely long. Uh, Benoit been great, goal and an assist in thirty six games. Cool. Two points, but that's two more than he needs. We would have signed him at zero points. Laguson, same deal. I don't need to see much out of him. Then we get John Klingberg. 14 games. He's got five points. Anybody who's following, John Klingberg still has more points than Ryan Reeves. He has three more points than him in half the games. Um, and he only has one less point than Gio, who we just found out is hurt. And so was Connor Timmons. So this entire bottom here, like you can put a giant fucking cross through this, except for Simon Benoit for this. none of this is usable.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, wh- what are we doing? But you go back to
1: every season previously, and you'd have four or five different signings, or call ups, or draft picks, or whatever from Dubis. That was the same thing. So, the-
0: <sighs> I don't right? know. I guess, I guess the point here is like, unless you move somebody like one of the defensemen who's not working out for somebody that has term like you're making an improvement for this team for the next two, three years, that I can get behind, but there's not much you can sell, so I don't see many teams that will swing on that. Unless Robertson and Nyes and Bertuzzi all kind of finally figure out what they should have a month and a half ago. Um, I mean, Nice has gotten better, but I just don't think he's at, I mean, I guess he's at the level that he should be at his age, but not where they need him to be for the team at this stage right now. He's. But you can't trade him.
1: He's at the level where he should be for his development, but you need to start giving him a little bit of rest. I'm not saying load manage him or anything like that. Just okay, you want him on the top line. Don't play him the full 25 minutes that you're playing Matthews and Marner. Like this past game against. Put
0: there, like that's what I'm saying. Is he's playing to his development level, but he he's filling a role that he can't fill 82 games.
1: Well, Nicky Bobby has been playing on average, what, four minutes a night? When he plays, like, the guy's scoring and he gets no ice time.
0: What is Spread average? it out more.
1: Like, there, this past game was the first game, I think, in probably four or five games that he got over 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, he's averaging 11 right now, but that puts him, like, behind Noah Gregor.
1: And he had 14 minutes this past game.
0: Wow. Yeah, they're really not playing Robertson. No, so... If you can, and I guess this is, this comes down to Keith and who he's going to play, Coach. but like, there's a couple guys that if they can figure it out, sure, you have a shot, but like, I just really, I'm not, I'm trying, I guess, internally not to get my hopes up that like, this is a year where I'm expecting a run out of this team. If anything happens, it's going to be because these guys tr- go playoff mode and it's the opposite of what we've seen in the last couple years where like, oh this is a steamroller through the, the regular season. They have to be able to continue this into the playoffs. And it's just not been the case. So unless the opposite happens this year, like I'm just, I don't know, I guess I'm just not getting my hopes up, but with not to be negative. I just, I don't know. Not every year is the year.
1: <laughs> no, but every year you should have the optimism that every year could be the year. Like that's the whole
0: point of fandom, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll get behind Matthews potentially and probably winning the rocket. Knock on wood. Like there's things to be excited about this year. Um, the fact that we've gotten over the the first round hump, I think I've put less pressure on my own expectations every year to like, guys, you have to do this or I'm going to break something. Um, I feel like just ripping that bandaid off kind of give, lets me breathe a little bit <laughs> and and not see every playoff as like make or break. Like what is the, what is one of the things we were saying about the Oilers at the beginning of the season? It's the Was Oilers. That, they could turn it around at any point.
1: But that you take McDavid and you take Drysital away, and they're a lot of mid, right?
0: Yeah, I'm hi- right? I, yeah. Kane's
1: yeah. a little higher, but some are a little lower. Hyman. There's a lot. There's a lot of mid there. Look at the Leafs: Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares is still better than a lot of the NHL. Right, like there's a lot of talent there, and the rest of it. Like, take our Leafs glasses away.
0: We got to get ref- some of those made for our store.
1: We we definitely do. <laughs> um, Like, there's players with potential. Nice has great potential. Robertson still has great potential. But at this point in time, there's a lot of mid right there. Well, look what the, the Oilers have been doing. It's the same goddamn roster. All they did was add Corey Perry.
0: I mean... Yes, but there's also the the asterisk that their goaltending was absolutely abysmal. Like Jack Campbell turned into a non playable starting goalie, and Skinner was no better. And Skinner, Skinner randomly, was worse when Campbell and, was sent down. And and Skinner randomly just went, "Oh, if I'm the only guy, I guess I have to do it," and figured it out. And now he's but also completely what else usable. changed is the whole team started to play better defensively. Yeah, definitely things change under the coach. But I I think like you can't attribute Skinner's play to just a coaching change i mean i guess but fuck man that's that's a lot of that's a lot to put on one guy just because he's mcdavid's junior coach like he yeah but he skinner
1: was playing poorly but he was also facing a ton of high danger chances against yeah like if, if you limit shots like i can stop shots from the blue line You put shots down right in the slot with someone who's been shooting 200 pucks a day for 20 years. Yeah, I'm not going to stop that.
0: But I mean, you saw some of these goals they were letting in. It wasn't like it was high danger stuff. Like him and Jack were letting in beach balls.
1: Mm -hmm. But when you have absolutely no confidence because all you're seeing is shot after shot because your team doesn't give a shit. They're not playing any defense. Like I'm not saying that's all of it, but they do go hand in hand. Good coaching and good goaltending. Show me a good coach. I'll show you a good goalie.
0: Okay, so let's bring that back around to the Leafs. Uh, Sammy has been back, but the last two games are the first time since he's been back that I've seen him uh, look around behind him multiple times to see where the post is, and that shit freaks me out. Yeah,
1: so before the All-Star break, he he looked a lot more calm in that um, he didn't have to constantly search for where he is. He wasn't swimming as much. like He wasn't doing any unnecessary movements. And that's a big change for Sammy, especially over the last six, seven months. But the last two times we've seen him play. Yeah, I oh, yeah it was Jones two. the other night, right? But yeah, yeah, it was Jones in Ottawa. Like, he's starting to kind of revert back a little bit. So whatever he did when he had that little, like, break before the All-Star break, he kind of needs to get back to that and get himself back in the right headspace. Because physically, we know he's a good goalie. We know he can do it. He's proven he can do it. But he just has to get in the right headspace for that. Because, like, goaltending is ridiculously mental.
0: Well, yeah, and clearly they noticed it if they put Jones in against the Sens, now that I go back to those, uh, you know, reset where my mind's at here. But yeah, so obviously they saw it. They switched into Jones. But it's like, again, this just shows how fragile this tandem is especially like even if wool comes back like it's not set in stone that he's going to be great especially after all the time he's missed so you know the, again it's just another question mark that i don't know if a trade like a simple trade or uh you know something not so simple like a coaching change is going to fix this year like well it's and yet, yet again, i feel like it's you, you got a surgery
1: on this roster at this point well yes and no like, they're all hockey players. They've all, they all can play the game and they've played many different structures over their entire careers. You just need to get everybody committed. And Keefe is not getting everybody committed. They're, the last two, three, four years, they've actually played a really good team defense game, but they're not doing that this year. They've got away from it completely. Yeah. Like, like they, they on have. On the flip the,
0: side, they've got defensemen that are playing better. Like, I mean, we've got. Riley having a much better season than the last two and I think, you know, the emergence of guys like Benoit and I don't know, I guess just Benoit at this point. McCabe's been better too. Um, McCabe's been playing be pretty decent around. hockey this season. But and I think you, you also see another year on Geo and another year on Brody. So well, And that's what I was just going to say is the fact that
1: we're seeing some aspects of the Leafs defense that is actually working really well like Benoit McCabe's been playing a lot better playoff. Riley has been here all season, yeah, which has been incredible. And we're doing all this with our best defensive defenseman over the last, what, four years. Isn't playing great
0: with Brody. Yeah. And guess who we didn't mention in all of this? Timothy Lilligren, who, uh, unfortunately here we are in February of 2024. I mean, look, it was a long road with him and Sandine. We had, high hopes for both of them and rolled the dice and picked Lilligren and shipped Sandine off to Washington and here we are I don't think either of them are really what we thought they would be I mean Sandine's obviously on a shit team in Washington right now but like I don't think Lilligren's getting any better than we've seen like I think his best games have already happened like this is as good as he gets
1: there's potential that he could get better he'll never be uh like from what we're seeing, he'll never be a top two defender.
0: Well, I'm th- I didn't think he'd be top two, but I don't think he's even going to be a top four, like unless something clicks or they get him a better partner and and the team starts playing better defense. and He's in better situations like it's going to take a lot because where they've got him and who and playing with Giordano all these nights like on the, the bottom pair, like they're just not putting him in positions to develop properly in the NHL and they're just kind of turning him into a sixth defenseman. And that's looking like what he's going to be.
1: Yeah, it, it all it takes is that one season for it to click for him. With like you said, either with a good partner or a better mindset of how he wants to do things. Like there's so many defensemen that coaches, general managers have just said, you know what? No, they're like they're never going to be anything. And then they turn out to be great. Like there was doubts on Thomas Kavrelay when he was drafted. He turns out to be one of the best defensemen on the Leafs for
0: years. Yeah, he probably should have been a winger, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so should Eric Carlson yeah no I'm not gonna deny that either
1: <laughs> right like I'm not trying to say he's gonna be amazing I love Lily there's that's been no secret I've always loved him him and Sam and I loved both of them um it it just doesn't work for every player right and that happens that's part of the game but there, a lot can be said for how they're playing for how they're like. The, a lot of times there is no structure. Some of the plays that when they're trying to leave the zone or when they're trying to even just cover defensively, it's like, what are you guys doing? There's so many lapses, so
0: many people out of place. And like their stick is in the opposite lane of where the pass or the shot would go. They're like leaving guys open in front of the net. Two guys go after one guy. Like it's, it's insane. The, the, the peewee level defense that they've been playing.
1: Oh, it's, it's been crazy. And, like yet again I'm not trying to get anybody fired but there's like there's simple things that can be done to change it and if you want to try to say okay it's just the players not doing what the coach wants well then coach like if yeah. it's if it's truly you're trying to instill a system and they're not doing it then coach bench them don't give them the ice time you have no issues giving play like not giving players
0: ice time just ask Robertson yeah, we've not seen a single player benched in a long time. This like David, one, Kampf. David camp. Yeah, that's it. Who pretty much didn't Shouldn't deserve have been it. that game. And the the penalty kill hurt for it. Like mm-hmm. this is coming off of where we would see Justin Hall play a couple bad games. And it's like, oh, my God, send him to the press box. And it would have a good effect. He would be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I was playing bad. I'm going to work on a couple things. Come back. He'd play great for a couple months regardless of how people talked about it, he would be good for a while. Every time they scratched him, he was good after. About we have shift. seen so many guys not get scratched, literally just we switched them out for someone else. And that is not the same. No, no, it's not. And like,
1: I, I, I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record, but we've tried everything else.
0: It's a co- look, I, I I'm not discrediting that a lot of this is on Keefe, but like I'm Back to Lilligren for a sec. I, I'm, try, I'm not trying to discount that You know, he hit his own ceiling. I think this team lowered his ceiling in the way that they handled it, and that comes down to management and coaching. Like, If you don't find somebody to fill out... like, Okay, how do I put this? When you're looking at developing somebody, you have to put them in a position to succeed, and if you see that your 40-year-old defenseman is declining game by game, why would you put them with the person that you want to be on this team long-term and is going to be here potentially past when Morgan Riley's here, if things pan out, like what I don't understand the logic behind tanking them by sticking them on for, you know, seven, eight minutes a night with a guy who's not able to keep up with 85% of the players on the ice anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: You You're trying to utilize his strengths to cover up another player's weaknesses
0: when he's brand new in the NHL. And, It's like hiring a millennial to do some like, you know, a bunch of tech stuff at the company (laughs) when no one else knew how to do it. And all of a sudden they're doing six people's jobs. It's like this isn't a a way to have a long-term employee. And I think that's where they fumbled Timothy Lilligren.
1: Yes. Now, it was working when they first tried it because Gio and Lily actually looked great together when they first tried it. But you have to try to decide what type of player you want him to be. Like... Lily's kind. In my eyes, he's kind of more likely to be like a two-way defender. Yeah, like not as defensive as Brody, but not as offensive as Riley. Like we've seen
0: him take a a couple shots from the blue line that have been, you know, gone through the crowd and tip off somebody to go in. Like he's got a decent shot, and and every now and then he'll he'll cut up to the net and he'll have a great
1: tip or a great little play in in tight. Like he can do that um he just he needs to find that good happy median
0: yeah I wish they'd tried him out more on power play too I know there's been a couple times when he's gone out there but like I think that's really where you you needed to to try him out especially after you know you lose Klingberg and you're kind of leaning the rest of, of the defense into being defensive uh like why not I don't know. Yeah. OK, so while we're on defense, we got to talk about the uh, big old elephant in the room, which is the end of the Senators game. Oh, my good God. So I was hoping we'd have said here because he was actually at the game, but I think he might have passed out. Uh, so obviously uh, empty net Leafs her down by one Ridley Grieg, as we've all seen, comes skating down right in front of the net, takes a big old clapper. And as he is skating around the boards with five seconds left, he is absolutely demolished with a two handed cross check to the side of the dome by our very own Morgan Riley in the least Morgan Riley uh, way I've ever seen. I, this is the last guy I expected this from on the entire team. Uh, it goes to show that this mentality has indeed bled through all of them. They are all seeing red when things are not going their way. And that's kind of what we wanted. But uh, what, what was your initial reaction when you saw this? Not like after everyone talking about it in the replays. like what was your initial reaction? So I'm kind of playing the role of Matt Barnaby on
1: this one because I can see both sides of it. And I like both sides of it. I am an agitator. So I would be Ridley Gregg winding up for a full out clapper on an empty net. Cause that is something I would do just to try to rub it into the other team. Cause I, when I'm on the ice, I'm quite an asshole. Um, but then at the same time, if I saw someone doing that, like as a goalie, if I got pulled and I'm sitting on the bench, cause we pulled me to get an extra attacker, I saw that happen. I'd be skating off the bench, bench to block him in the face. So like <laughs> it, I, I can see both sides of it. Um, when I initially saw it as a Leaf fan from that aspect of it, I hated what he did. I loved the fact that Riley went right over there until I saw the stick go up. As soon as I saw the stick go up, I'm you friggin' idiot. With Peros in charge of player safety, this is probably going to be close to 10 games.
0: Yeah, my guess was seven.
1: Which and... is absolutely ridiculous. He's got no history. It's just like the Spezza thing, right? Yeah, like, what should be a fine is not going to be. Everybody all over SiriusXM, everybody, oh, they've got to make an example out of him. This He deliberately went for the head. Okay, yeah, so did Perron.
0: Yeah, there's been a right? lot of deliberate, targeted intent to injure attacks this year. And look, I am in no way defending what Riley did. I'm What I'm saying is there is absolutely zero consistency in how these things have been punished this season, last season. And we all know this, so... All we so, can go off of is the history with the Leafs in similar situations. And the closest thing we have is Jason Spezza. It's a retaliatory hit that was targeted and very obvious. Mm-hmm. So, like,
1: I I, I want to defend Riley getting pissed off. Because, like you said, from from the whole roster of the team, that is probably one of the least likely players you would expect to see that from. 100%. Um, so, I do like that fact because the team is showing that they're tired of all the, the BS, everything that's going on, like the jets, like, Oh, is there anything better than beating the Leafs? Like that kind of shit, right? They're, they're done with that, which is good. That's like, that's the next step of the, evol- like you want that evolution as your team, but you go about it a different way. You hammer them into the boards and then you scrum it up on the ice or, you know, you grab them and throw them down. You don't just, like, you don't cross check someone in the face.
0: Yeah, that's where it crossed the line for sure. And I mean, obviously, both acts from both guys are on a different level, but I think my initial reaction oh, not initial, but I'd say like 10 minutes later was like, I think both of those guys probably both regret and wouldn't do that again. Like, it's one of those things where in the moment they're like, fuck, yeah. And then immediately you're like, you know what? That probably wasn't a great idea. Or like if you're going to cross check him, break your stick over his arm. Yeah, Like. like- it not necessarily so, right, but it, when the guy doesn't see it coming until the last second and can't protect themselves, like that's the last time you expect to get cross checked in the face after a whistle. You've just scored, it's the end of the game. Like I mean, like you said, rough the guy up, hit him, like sure, but that's uh that's dangerous and it's just not something, regardless of what jersey you're wearing, that we need in this game. And again, it's just so crazy that we're talking about Morgan Riley in this situation, like It's like if Mitch Marner, like two hands slashed a guy in the face and broke his teeth out or something like it's just not what you expect from that. I would almost expect more
1: because Marner wears his emotions on his sleeve, man.
0: It's true, but you don't see either of them as being like violence first kind of guys. Like it's not how they handle things like I'd see Marner talking shit and like really getting up in someone's face and laughing and being really good at chirping sooner than i'd see him like to choose violence and yes but I, just, that's how i feel about riley too
1: apparently riley's a really good chirper on on see, that note i figure um, but i i just think like as someone who has had issues in the past dealing with their emotions like as a kid i would get so angry i would burst into tears immediately <laughs> like um i can understand the craziness of intense emotions. So like we've seen martyr break into tears. Yeah. We we know how much he loves this team and how emotional he can get. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Just of either of the two, I could see him losing it because of that fact.
0: That's fair. Um, So I guess what this really comes down to is uh, how many games, like you said, it's close to 10. I'm thinking seven. Uh, and how much is this going to affect the team? Because, like we've been saying up until this point, the defense has been shaky as shit, and he's been this most solid thing every night. So now we're uh, reports are we're down Timmons and Geo. So that's you know that really limits who you've got. I think they did actually say who was at practice tonight. I'm just gonna pull it up.
1: Well, they would. They called up LeJoy. Or le joie, however you want to say it. Yeah. Um so to me, this might actually work as almost like a best case scenario. Cause it really, really shows you what you have when you lose your best defenseman. And I'm I'm really, really hoping we see Shanahan or Keefe or someone just snap. Like Keith made a couple comments almost sort of calling out the department of player safety. Like, I, I just want to see Shanahan come out and say it or Trey Jake... living or someone, right? Like aside from Keith, the GM and the president, they, neither of them are short of money.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. I'm um, just looking here from David Alter, uh, Jake McCabe taking PP one at practice. And um, what we got here, Brody Lilligren. There, right, there we go. Benoit McCabe, Lagas Giordano, Riley Lajoie. So it'll probably be Lagas and Lajoie because I was pretty sure I heard Giordano was out. But it says Timmons is ill. And I thought, oh, here, Keith says they'll see how Giordano and Camp should be okay for return tomorrow, but we'll see how they feel in the morning. Mm-hmm. Timmons remains ill and will not play tomorrow. Okay. Um, and in other news, Joseph Wall was back on the ice of practice. So not soon, but soon-ish.
1: Yeah, like those are the next steps, right? Getting him on, getting him in his gear, doing the movements, just seeing before you try to stretch anything. And even the team defensive structure from the game he got hurt, like that is why he got hurt. Yes, it's amazing that you can go and you can make those incredible you know, post to post save, stretching across and and robbing guys because that's like every fan loves to see that. But at the same time, you shouldn't have to do three or four of those in a two minute span.
0: No, and look again. If we're looking at the shitty decor that we're gonna have to go with, Brody Lilligren, Benoit McCabe, Lagason and I guess it's maybe Geo if he's okay. So Lagusan Geo, that's gonna be in front of what an un uh unconfident. Samsonov or uh Martin Jones, who's been really, really 50-50. Like one game he can be great, and the next it's like whatever. So my god, I don't love this. Who are let's just like, say it's seven games, okay? St. Louis, Philly, Anaheim, St. Louis, Arizona. Okay, that's not bad. <laughs> That's really not bad. That's five, and then we got Golden Knights and and Avalanche for six and seven. And then if it goes eight, Golden Knights again. So really, they should be able to handle two games against St. Louis, a game against the Ducks, and a game against against the Coyotes. Flyers, who knows? But they should, holy shit, should be able to handle those games without Riley. Like, it couldn't have come at a a better time because the back half of their schedule sucks, and it seems like the only easier stretch based on the current standings that they have
1: yeah like i, I like i said I, I think this is gonna come to a head it's gonna be some drastic suspension seven eight i i honestly wouldn't even be surprised if they gave them 10 games
0: if they give them 10 they're definitely going to appeal it like they're going to appeal it either way but if it's 10 they would have to and i i'm sure that goes down just because of because i think what you get into there is the Leafs. I know they can't take this into account, but like, I don't think Batman's gonna want Paro sending a message with a high-profile player on the Leafs, where people are going to protest with their money when things are getting bullshit. Well, what do you mean by protest with their money? Like, if people are going to um, start, you know not going to games or something when Riley's not there because of like how bullshit the, like if it's 10 games and they uphold 10 games, like you're going to see some sort of backlash to that, that I don't think Batman's going to be like, I'm not advocating for the Leafs getting special treatment. I'm saying like 10 games to make an example out of Morgan Riley seems like a stupid thing to do. Like just for the marketing of the game.
1: I understand what you're saying, but Batman's already proven he doesn't give two shits about Canadian teams. That's fair. And with, the, with the history of the Leafs, you could bench Matthews for two months and they'd still sell out.
0: But I mean, look—the guy that you just sent to the All-Star game is the person you're gonna make an example out of for something that's not as—I don't know. Again, I'm—I'm I'm not. I don't what want to NHL sound team like I'm def- ended Peros' career? Yeah, I'm not right. trying to sound like I'm defending the hit. I still think it was. You know, like I said, it was over the line. It's dangerous. It's uncalled for. And it's unsafe. He one
1: hundred percent deserves games. Yeah, he like hundred percent two or three games, but he's going to be end up getting like ten.
0: Like it's in person, so we know it's at least five. Uh, yeah, ten's excessive. Seven, I would be like fine, sure, whatever. See, I, I would
1: say fine, sure, whatever,
0: if there was consistency
1: and if the next guy that did this yeah. got the same thing. But it's not going to happen.
0: It's not. It's definitely not. Uh, Okay, so, I mean, we went over what our next games are. We've gone over the lineup. This has pretty much been where the Leafs are now because, man, it's been a weird time. Slow part of the season, things have been very shaky, and uh, no one knows what's going to happen come trade deadline. So, yeah, just our thoughts up until now, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thanks Uh, if you guys have any questions or uh, some games you want us to play we are going to um, get back to it here but uh, just a short one tonight because we got an update on this Riley thing and uh, it's late so appreciate y'all and uh, we'll see you next time Ciao. ciao ciao ciao
1: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night. your night of post-game
0: podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Look how tight that hat was. That was giving me a headache. That Leafs hat is too small. Giving away a free, small Leafs hat to whoever claims it. <laughs>